Hey, baby. How are you doing today on the road? This is Stay Awake While Driving. My name is Sarah, and we are going to do trivia today, of course. We're going to do a bridge classic, the final round of those. But selfless acts, people do them all the time. Have you had one happen to you lately? I want to hear about it, but not quite yet. Just hang in there for a moment. Introductions. This one's been too long and boring already. Let's get started. Let's do the five-word challenge. We will begin with visual is the first word. V-I-S-U-A-L, visual. The second word is listening. L-I-S-T-E-N. I-N-G. It's what you're doing right now, listening. That actually was a really big hint as to the how they're connected to each other. Moving right along. The third word is written. W-R-I-T-T-E-N. Written. The next word is, it's hyphenated, nonverbal. So N-O-N hyphen. V-E-R-B-A-L. V as in Victor. Nonverbal. And finally, we have verbal, V-E-R-B-A-L, verbal. So we have visual, listening, written, nonverbal, and verbal. What do these words have in common? We will come back to those later in the episode. Also, the goal is to memorize these five words. We're going to do the last round, at least for a while, of abridged classics by um, John Atkinson of Wrong Hands. He has a book out. Do check out his book. You can find it at wronghands1, the number one, dot com. I have a link in the description for this episode. It's brief summaries of books you were supposed to read but probably didn't. And he has cartoons that go along with these very abridged descriptions of classic books. And you should definitely look for them on his website and in the book. I can only read to you the words and then you can guess what the stories are. But do check out the cartoons that go along with it. The last time we ended with, for example, clever web designer saves a pig. And you you would answer and get a point for, if you knew what book this described, clever web designer saves a pig, and you said Charlotte's Web, that would be a point for you. So let's try a few more, shall we? Story of political backstabbing with actual stabbing. Julius Caesar. The picture would help in this one. Sorry. William Shakespeare, Julius Caesar. Yeah, let's try another one. How to win friends and influence people, except with no friends, and killing people. That'd be Machiavelli the Prince. Feral boy messes about in the woods and then goes home. Did you guess the Jungle Book Kipling? How about this one? It's not actually a book. It's a poem. That's a hint. A bird flies into some guy's house and annoys him. If you said the raven, Edgar Allan Poe, you can give yourself a point. Marooned boys are bad at everything except killing each other. This is one of those favorite ones of high school sophomore English glasses everywhere. Lord of the Flies by Golding. This one, love it. Red-headed orphans' antics bother everyone. And then they don't. I love the series of books, but the first one being Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. And then we're going to end it on one more that's just a perfect abridgment. It's 
Senior's dinner is eaten by sharks. And Senior, and you would be able to tell this in the cartoon picture of it, Senior is not like a senior in high school. It'd be like the 65 and older senior designation. Senior's dinner is eaten by sharks. What classic is this describing? If you guessed Old Man and the Sea, Ernest Hemingway, give yourself a point. Remember, he catches a, what is it, a marlin, and then the sharks eat it, and by the time he gets back to shore, sad news, no fish. Abridged Classics from John Atkinson. Check out his book and website. Let's do some trivia. As we go along, a point for each one you get correct. If you are reading a book which begins with 921 in the Dewey Decimal System, 921, what kind of book are you reading? 921. I'll give you another hint. In some libraries, they skip the 921 section and just start the call number with a B, a capital B for biography. If you said biography, give yourself a point. Which state is nicknamed the Show Me State? Many episodes ago, we did state nicknames. Did you remember that this was Missouri? Name the 2004 movie starring Clint Eastwood and Hilary Swank about a trainer trying to turn a woman into a successful boxer. Million Dollar Baby. During the election campaign season of 2008, which actress gained national attention for her impersonations of Sarah Palin? They were so spot on. Tina Fey. And if you haven't watched them lately, go look them up on YouTube. They're just always worth a laugh. Gary Puckett had hits with songs such as Lady Willpower and Over You. What was his backup band called? Gary Puckett and... Union Gap. Name the type of poem which consists of 14 lines with each line consisting of 10 syllables. Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of them. Sonnet. Name the successful children's author whose books include Ramona Quimby, age 8, Henry Huggins, Beverly Cleary is the answer. Name the musical which was inspired by the life of Maria von Trapp. The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Music, of course. What's the name of the unit of measurement which is approximately six feet long, but it's used to measure depth of water? Did you say fathom? In which of the U.S. states would you find Theodore Roosevelt National Park? North Dakota. As of the date of the recording of this podcast, who is the only U.S. president to have served non-consecutive terms? Two non-consecutive terms, meaning not back-to-back, that would be Grover Cleveland. And finally, in which 1992 Disney animated film did Robin Williams voice act the role of Genie? If you didn't say Aladdin, hmm, I think I'm going to have to take points away from you. Just kidding. And that is trivia. 
We are circling the wagons back to the five-word challenge today. The five words are visual, listening, written, nonverbal, and verbal. We'll come back to those one more time. And at that point, you're going to have to tell me what those five words are. If you want five points, that's just a hint. <laughs> do you want five points? Ooh, do you want the candy bar? Like, it matters. Points are worth nothing. We do know what the real point of this podcast is, though. Today, the memory prompt is, tell me about a time that someone, a relative, let's go with parents, if this is applicable to you, or guardians, did something really very selfless, a real specific thing. I mean, parents do it all the time. Loving parents do it all the time. Now, if that was not your situation at home, I do not want to make this a painful story for you. Tell me about a teacher, a friend, a somebody who cared about you and really wanted you to succeed. One of those people in your life that did something selfless. Tell me about that story. It could be they gave you money to go to something that helped your future. So it could be something monetary. Or it could be time that they gave you, or they, you know, they went out of their way to go fetch you from someplace you were stranded and they totally didn't need to do that. Or any of those just things that you look back on and go, they did not need to do that for me, but of course they did because good people care for each other. Hopefully you have a feel-good story that is bubbling to the surface of your mind. Tell this story to me out loud if you would please right now. If you can't think of a story right away, I'm going to give you my story as inspiration. This involves a story about my dad being a great guy and using all of his allotted money for a special gift. The story goes like this. I was going to travel by train, Amtrak, to Washington State. Dad ended up going on the trip with me. Mom, who has always been in charge of the finances, told Dad, okay, you get $25 to spend on souvenirs during this trip. When we got on the train, see, we did not have money for one of those roomette things, so we just had seats. But we got on, we found our seats, we're like, woo, these are huge compared to airline seats. This will be lovely. It'll be a breeze to go all the way to Washington State in a seat. Yeah, well, after 48 hours or whatever it is, that seat feels tiny, it feels horrible, it feels gross, you just want to get off. We got off. We spent a couple days in Seattle. Dad had not been there since he was there with his family for the World's Fair. We went to the Space Needle. As we were going up in the elevator, Dad says to the 20-year-old whippersnapper guy running the elevator, I haven't been here since the World's Fair. The 20-year-old says, yeah, I hear that a lot. Dad says, yes, but for me, it's true. After a couple days in Seattle, we went up the coast. We rented a car. We went up the coast across across Canada to Banff, Jasper sort of area. We got to the visitor center for the Columbia Ice Fields and we parked. Okay, we got to go to the bathroom. So we go into the visitor center slash gift shop. As soon as we get out of the car, the temperature is so cold because there's so much ice there. And I realized I don't have enough clothing. I am cold and I don't have a hat. My head is freezing. We go into the gift shop and we're looking around. I'm trying to find a hat that doesn't look ridiculous because with souvenirs, I'm all about functional or edible. All the hats were ridiculous. I would never wear them again except for this one, which was a knit stocking cap that said Columbia Icefields. It was 20 some dollars. I'm like, $20 to wear for this hour that we're here or whatever? Forget it. I'll just freeze my head. It's fine. After that, we both toddled off to the restrooms. I came back out of the restroom and dad is missing in action. Where is he? 
And you could probably guess the punchline of the story already, seeing as I made a point of mentioning how much money Dad was allowed on souvenirs. He had gone back into the gift shop, and I found him checking out with my twenty-plus-dollar Columbia Icefields hat. And he used up his whole souvenir allowance so that my head would be warm for our visit to the ice fields, because that's what dads do for their daughters. We walked out to the ice field itself. They had signs along the way that showed where the ice had been at certain years, including around the time Dad would have been there, and he marveled at how far it had receded in that period of time, just in his lifetime, he kept saying, in my lifetime. We had a tour guide tell us about the ice and the blue color and the runoff and the receding of the ice and took pictures of us holding ice. My head stayed nice and warm. And that's my story of a very selfless act by my dad. By no means the one and only time. If you still have to tell me your story, please do so now. Here we are at the five-word challenge reveal. Tell it to me now. What are the five words I'm looking for? If you shouted out at me, visual, listening, written, nonverbal and verbal, if you shouted, that'd be quite verbal. Tell me, what do these words have in common? If you said that they were all types of communication, you're listening, that's a type of communication. If you are yelling at me, that's a verbal type of communication. You got it. That's the bonus point for you. Good job. And that's it for another episode of Stay Awake While Driving. Just before we go, I wanted to remind you that if you ever get to a segment that is not of interest to you, skip over it. I do put chapter markers in these podcasts. If your podcast player platform, ooh, that was fun to say, uh, supports chapters, then you can just skip right along because the whole point is to keep you awake. If it's not keeping you awake and I am boring you to tears, if you do not care about my story, about my dad and the hat, skip over it. <sighs> anyway, that was just a reminder for the next episode you listen to of Stay Awake While Driving. Till then, drive carefully. Take care.